All right, we're here for episode 12 of It's Server Time. And today we have a special guest for you guys. It is Vu, best known for his coaching efforts for Warriors International. But no, I think everybody should know who Vu is if you're actually on YouTube. He's probably one of the most prolific content creators in the scene. I don't I don't know who I'd put you like you're you're okay. It's not quite War Owl, but like the, the way I've, I keep describing it is just that if you watch War Owl's videos to learn a little bit about the game, you should just go to Vu next. I think that's the simplest way to put it. It's just like, if you want that little bit more in strategy, a little bit more experience, a little higher level stuff, it's got to be trying to take over War Owl's market. I'm trying to get into that market. It's a, it's a big market, man. There's a lot of noobs, and there's not a lot of people that want to be good at CS, you know? <laughs> exactly, exactly. People want to get good at the game. But also, Vu was actually on a couple of desks lately which is why he has been brought in for this one, because we're going to be talking about DreamHack, both the NA and the EU side. We'll go into CS Summit on top of that. But before we hop into things, just remember, guys, we are on Patreon. So jump in there. We're going to answer two Patreon questions today throughout the, the show. And also, if you guys are, like, not okay with YouTube for some reason, we're on Stitcher, we're on Spotify, we're on Apple. So check all of those out as well. So let's hop into it. Dreamhack Open EU Spirit actually took it home. Uh, what Vu? What did you like about Spirit at this? So in Dreamhack November, the one prediction I got wrong was the finals of Spirit versus Gambit, because Spirit didn't throw any fucking utility. They just am I allowed to swear on this? Like yeah, yeah, yeah. A, okay. They didn't throw any utility, man. They were just like not doing anything. They looked abysmal. So at this event, I thought they'd be terrible. They were actually using their utility correctly, like to some extent, much more so than they were before, which was pretty solid. Obviously, Degster, pretty good player. I I've seen a few <laughs> rounds of him where he kind of has like, it feels like he has the JDM thing where it's just like, if he has a rifle, he just can't shoot it sometimes. I've seen him have some awful whiffs with rifles. I've seen him have some pretty notable whiffs with ops as well. Excuse me, ops as well, but he's not like... I feel like when I see ops come onto the scene, um, a lot of the time they're, they get, they get by with like just hyper aggressive, ridiculous play that you don't think might, you know, continue forward, but he seems to be playing like pretty safe, pretty good. You know, I feel like that can continue on. I feel like that's not just going to get figured out, you know? Yeah. Uh, mix. Did you catch, have you, or mix and note, have you guys seen much Dexter? I haven't seen much Dexter. No. Um, I mean, I've seen a little bit, and it's kind of funny when you kind of like, watch those guys that just seem to play off, like, positioning and stuff. Mm -hmm. and they just, like, those, for some reason, seem the type of guys that just will just miss, like, the most, like, easiest shots from time to time. Like, they'll just be perfectly set up for, like, the easiest shot, and they'll just, just with it. Like, it's just funny watching that. But, um, kind of like Alu. Um, yeah, I, I compare Dexter to Alu. I yeah, feel yeah, like yeah. Dexter is a re... It's, like, it's Alu reincarnating, because Alu on ends is... I, I mean... He's a, he's actually okay still. But, but even, like, even get yeah. Alu, but like from time to time, just miss like the most easiest shots. Just be funny to watch. But um, bought Alu versus got Alu. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. Much, yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. <laughs> so, um, I haven't seen much Dexter, but I mean, he seems promising so far. Yeah, it's about the same for me. I haven't seen too much of him. The couple of matches that I've seen, he seemed pretty good. Um, I just wonder, like the last time we saw an opera sort of like break out like this. It was poison, I want to say. It was like the last one that rose this fast. And then he got countered at some point. Like as soon as he actually started like hitting his stride, he got countered yeah. pretty hard. 
So, but Dexter doesn't have the same style, so I don't think he'll end up in the same situation. Yeah, um, I think, yeah. Or if you want to continue, go for it. Well, I was just going to say, I think them winning this event, like, I was just surprised. Big seemed to play really bad against them. Like, I was shocked at some of the rounds that I saw from Big in this in this tournament against them. Yeah, we can yeah, we can get to... Rough to play, you know? I can't really blame them. Yeah, I, I think Big, um, for my brief call on Big, I, I think they just kind of played a little too individually. Uh, it's something where I feel like when I watch Big not playing at their A game, it's because they believe in their own skill too much. It's kind of one of those those like the natural cycle of a team where it's like grind really hard, have good teamwork, and everybody starts playing really well because of the strats. And then once you feel like you have really good strats and teamwork, you feel like you're all gods individually and you don't recognize that it's the system that's enabling you. And then you fall off because you stop. You start ignoring the system a little bit. And then, but I think it's also just because Big came back from a break and they might also be like not as well drilled. And I don't know how many days they practiced before this event. But to bring it back to Dexter, this guy is positionally, I think, a top five opera in the world right now, actually. But like in terms of raw skill, he's not he's not in the top ten for me. Um he's he can hit really, really nice shots. But the thing about him is that when you watch a Dexter like 4K, if they if it's just played back, replay back, it's nothing like he barely ever has to hit a hard shot. It's always just like he's looking in the right place. It's he's so scoped that, like, and they peek into him. It's so funny that this type of opera is coming from CIS for like every it seems yes. like every time I scrim a new CIS scene there's just like three riflers that are just doing the most insane shit and hitting the most like insane shots just exactly without any brain and then dexter comes along is like the new like cis opping prodigy and he's just like the complete reverse just winning off of pure positioning and hitting easy I like shots that, i feel like that kind of makes sense though like if you look at shiro for example he's got like what like 0.5 dpr or something ludicrously low yeah like if the riflers yeah. are just going to be running around like madmen it makes sense for an <laughs> opera that's just kind of like posted up like okay i guess you can't run into this angle you know yeah, in the in the HLTV One for the Future article about Dexter, it said Dexter said that as opposed to some people who are looking at you know simple demos or some aggressive opera, he actually mo tried modeling his game more on Zywoo. and I feel like it makes a lot of sense just off of what the way he's playing. It's not like yeah, he's not in the faces of everybody. He does find a lot of opening kills. I'll say that, but it's rarely like he doesn't force the issue almost ever. He just like he's an opera where it feels like you're watching. You know, Zipnik's in a clutch. He's just super, like, take one fight. Okay, let me just win that one. All right, now let me take the other fight. And sometimes he'll handle tough situations, like, but he'll break it down in such a way where it just feels like it's so under control. And when I watch him, if, if you watch Dexter's POV, it'll just be like, wow, I could do this. I literally feel like I could do this. But I don't, I don't always pick the right thing to look at all the time like he does. He actually had one of the most boring aces I've ever seen against Big. I think it was an ace, <laughs> yeah. right? Exactly. On T side nuke, where they just yeah. like Searson peeks in for mini kill, yeah. then he peeks yeah. out. Someone's on Tetris kill. Someone else peeks in for mini's dead. Like, what the fuck is going on here? He's just Big. really smart. He's really smart, actually. But even that round, like Big just seemed like they weren't communicating in that round at all. Oh, yeah, he walked into his angle backward three times. So. Yeah, that's true. Mm -hmm. Uh. Spirit, by the way, are a team that are trying to incorporate a six-man roster, but they kind of left it. Um, I think that needs to be brought up because everyone started noticing because they were actually using a different lineup of five people 
on every single map for like the first five maps that they played at this tournament. And by the end of the tournament, in the grand finals, they used the same five-man lineup for all three maps in the grand finals. And in the semifinals, they only switched out De they switched out Dexter, as crazy as that sounds, for Patsy, and Patsy bottom frag with like nine kills. And then they, I think at that point, they were just like, yeah. let's stop, let's stop. And that was their map pick. They picked Inferno to not play Dexter on it. Like, what? I think that's just like been consistent for them because I think in the opening match they played, I forget who it was against, they played Inferno and they had Patsy in that game as well. Yes, they did. And Patsy yeah. did like, I think, top frag in that game. So like, he did. did. He so it was like consistent with what they were doing. So obviously they just didn't, maybe Dexter didn't feel as comfortable opting on Inferno, or, you know, they just wanted to try like having, you know, like five pure riflers on Inferno. So it's like, there is like a theory to it. The other maps, I'm not so sure uh, what exactly like the, the theory has been between swapping out whoever and swapping out Patsy, but I can yeah. tell on Inferno, there is like a, a theory there between, for like switching out their opera. And obviously You're it didn't work so well that time, but I wouldn't hate on it too much. They're also swapping out Murr. Like Murr and Dexter are two of the players on this roster that you just shouldn't be swapping oh, they, out. I they've think. kept they've kept Murr for every game, actually. Have he's they? the one player. That's the one player that they've that they have not. I don't think that yeah. he's moved out yeah. of anything. But they switched Which... out their IGL even at one point. Chopper. Uh, that's what yeah, it was Chopper. Sorry, not yeah, not, yeah. Uh, not Murr, yeah. yeah. Yeah, they swapped out Chopper on Overpass, and then their T side was just like nothing was happening. And it was just <laughs> like what why would you guys even do this? Like please. So, I mean it doesn't make sense if like I think what Vu said earlier that like Dexter's rifle isn't as isn't so good. Mm -hmm. So especially on like T side, like if you're not finding like it can be tricky depending on the depending on the team you're facing, whether the ops actually gonna be able to find opportunities on T side or not, and just overall whether you're comfortable with it. So it definitely can make a lot of sense to go with a Sometimes like, Young's also a good lineup. opera. Yeah. yeah, he is. He is competent for it's, sure. It's like good enough to do it, pick it up on like C T side, so Yeah. C T okay. side opting is a lot easier than the T side opting, so I'll say. I feel like it kind of makes sense to sub out. I mean, if you're going to sub out your IGL on any map, I feel like CIS teams, literally what they do is they just go B on overpass like 15 rounds in a row. Like that's just their thing. So I guess like if that's your plan anyways, like you may as well put in another fragger so you can walk into B and headshot people a bit better. Yeah, I Although I don't agree up. with it in general. <laughs> like if you're going to do it on any map. If you go A, you have to like actually use your util and like take control and like kind of like set up your execute and you know like communicate and on b yeah. you can just be like all right i'm flashing out monster go all right take water control all right Flash now we exec yeah. yep now you're good and then you're out maybe yeah. i have smoke if you're feeling uh feel naughty but uh <laughs> <not for that. laughs> feeling dirty yeah uh okay so the other finalists here of dreamhack open eu side was fun plus phoenix and this team actually beat evil geniuses they beat out gambit they actually had a all in all a pretty nice run for themselves for their opening tournament and i'll say that they they clearly have a decent strat book already like they they know how to actually build up rounds and things like that which you think i think you would expect given the core four of this was under crystal's tutelage for a long time so it's pretty nice to see but i don't know if you caught if you guys caught much of it in terms of like how they were playing on an individual level or anything. Uh, I didn't catch much of them in terms of watching. We scrimmed them uh, before one of our match days. Mm -hmm. uh, that was kind of like pretty early in the week, so I'm not sure how indicative it was, but I felt like they were playing pretty well, especially I think it was on their T side. They had like a pretty good T side. Um, yeah. They did pretty well against us, so yeah, I mean, so far I'm pretty impressed with the team. I think it 
I think it makes sense. Devilock seems like a, a decent coach that's been able to keep like everything kind of in line as they're like switching over from Crystal to new people. And that probably helps Chris having like because Chris J doesn't really seem like someone that's gonna come in and like set up his own system and everything, right? He's just mostly he mostly can call the kind of loose and he can call kind of around what you already have and what whatever the coach and other players want to set up. So mm-hmm. it works pretty well with Chris J. You can also pull a little bit from what Kerrigan was calling on Mouseports, so he has a little bit more you can add to their playbook now, which is sort of nice for them. I don't know if I'm super convinced by Chris J. It just feels like they replaced Crystal. I guess like the reasoning there is you want someone that can frag better, and then they replaced him with Emmy, and then they replaced Emmy with Chris J. And it's like none of these guys can frag better than Crystal. I have to question why they got rid of Crystal. Oh, Chris J can frag. Chris so J is better. Well, than I think yeah, I mean, I think Crystal. he, I think he can definitely frag better. But I don't know. We haven't seen him fragging and IGLing for a while, and I would imagine that's like, going to drag him down a bit. You know, I think nah, I think he's someone that actually could do better in terms of like calling while while fragging. I think on Mal's especially like his role just changed so much, and like it changed so much between what he had to do, what he was comfortable doing. Um, and I just, I just think towards the end of Mouse, he kind of like lost his confidence, lost kind of, you know, his faith in what he's good at. If that makes any sense. Um, th- yeah. One thing I like about Chris J on this lineup is that actually at the event he put up a point eight eight rating, but he was kind of the hard entry on a lot of their strats and things. Yeah, so it's like even if like his rating isn't necessarily going to be like ten times better than Crystal, I think he's just going to have like ten times more impact. Than uh, okay, Chris. Actually, at this event, um, Chris J had the fourth highest entry attempts per round like that's just he's, he's trying to be like an info igl i think i think the meta is actually kind of shifting where people really want like a, a hard like aggressive player on their team and i think chris is trying to do it for this roster right now which i'm actually okay with because dude i watched a lot of godsend things where it's like oh a 2v3 with crystal so you know he's just gonna die probably, and then like I then the guy's on a one v three now. But if it's now Zen and Stiko in a two v three, I'm like that that can happen. You know, I I'm actually like that that should work a lot of the time. A lot or far put me give me Farlig in a post plant, dude. He's gonna just kill everybody every time. So yeah, I uh, I think if he changes the team style in that he lets other people have more uh, kind of like those late round roles as opposed to himself, like that then I think this FPX lineup can actually rise in stock um, just because he's enabling people a little bit more, whereas Crystal didn't in, in terms of what he was doing in the server. Um, okay. Question, though, for you guys, because this is something that I, I consistently feel when I watch FPX is that who do you guys think is the star of this team? Or is there one? Farley. Um... That's who yeah. I'm really to say. Yeah, Farleg would have to be like the main candidate for that, I would say, as well. Which I mean, I guess makes sense as the offer, but it is kind of interesting how like all the riflers seem to be kind of around a similar level a lot of the yeah, time. They are, yeah. I mean, yeah, you got to go with Farleg. I mean, I've seen, I watched a lot of Stiko's demos, and that guy is fucking nuts when he gets like the chance to actually take fights. But it's you know, got to be Farleg. Stiko is the Sanji of this team. Yeah. He has to take a he'll he'll drop the op and things like that. And the thing is, is that I think Farley is definitely the star at the moment. But like, if Zen or Maiden doesn't kind of like step up into being like a consistent like second like star like star rifler, like you know, consistently putting up numbers, that is something that's gonna hold them back from ever kind of like breaking into like tier one, like in terms of like you know like the top five and competing with like 
being able to seriously compete with like you know the astrals and like vitalities of the world and being able to have good series against them i actually think zen is really i think zen is pretty consistent i i feel like he's not he doesn't hit the highs that you might want yeah, from he's uh, consistent but i don't think it's consistently like high enough yeah, yeah like his, peak, his peak isn't high enough but he's very consistent at the level he's at so yeah, probably he's... have to come more from maiden just improving a ton as a player Yes, yeah, Ma Maiden is like constantly in these pressure lurk roles, and I feel like he's always trying to do a little bit too much. At, like, sometimes it, it's great because he'll walk up a ramp on Vertigo by himself and just kill two people, and then just they just win the round. But sometimes he'll push up too far on Banana, and he'll just like keep pressuring into the site to the point where he dies, and it's just like, okay, now you just lost that control. Like, I, I feel like he doesn't always trust the system that he's in as much as maybe like it's you know it's never easy and you kind of want to see what you can get away with against the team you want to like challenge them enough but it, it feels like sometimes he'll be that guy that second gun round you know they they take banana control it's the the play is developing towards a and then he just walks into an op at, at, at b and i'm just like okay um that just that just took away a, a lot from your team so just you know just chill just chill sometimes for me but other than that he is really good but yeah i i think that if nobody else it, it's kind of just like they're all actually pretty decent and it's why godsend is kind of consistently or fpx slash godsend is always you know top six at a lot of the things they go to but they don't get over the hump because there is no star rifler in my eyes all right let's move on to evil geniuses they're having trouble now so we could talk about their performances at multiple events now they actually didn't even make the playoffs here at dreamhack and they didn't do very well at blast either what do you guys think is going wrong with them because it's now two tournaments where they probably should have been settled by now uh, i mean me, speaking of not having a star rifler breezy's really dropped off for them yeah yep. so i think that's definitely like one of the main main issues it, with them at the moment i think it goes beyond just like individuals but like overall i just they just feel so stale just like stale like it doesn't really feel like much has changed in them like in terms of like how they play in the past year like the the lineup itself just feels stale. like it doesn't really feel anything new is coming from it they had that run after zeus came in um in any last year and then after that it's just kind of like they kind of got were able to get the momentum able to get their confidence rolling in those few months and then they just haven't really been able to find that again and it doesn't seem like they change that much in game and I don't really know how much prep they do for like other teams and stuff. Um, so it just feels bland. It feels like kind of stale. Like there's not much that's like confidence inspiring for the team or for anyone else. Like I just kind of struggle to like see a way to them like winning games at the moment. I kind of felt like they had like a bit of a honeymoon period that you get with IGLs, which I kind of felt a little bit about FPX, like before they have to implement anything or change anything um, with Zeus when he came in. Um, but yeah, I mean, one thing that I didn't like about EG in the past when they were on, you know, their run is it always feels like they've been over-reliant on Breeze. They'll they'll do stuff where they're just like on Inferno, they'll just have Stan and Breeze like duo it on A and they'll just be tripled up on B. And it just feels like, so if Breeze doesn't kill people, you lose the round here. Uh, and now he's like not doing that well and they're still doing the same shit. And it just feels like they're kind of not setting themselves up to get out of that. Cirque's also, I looked at the stats, they've only, they've got under a 50% win rate when Cirque gets the first entry. That's, uh, that's, <laughs> that's, that's crazy. That's, that's pretty yeah, that's bad. Crazy. That's pretty, that's pretty bad. Yeah. 
Yeah, I feel like Ethan's still doing a really good job being pretty consistent, but then like because they haven't changed anything and Breezy's set up as their star and he's fallen off, then it just leads them to like not be able to find much success if he's not doing if he's not having impact in his role and they haven't changed anything up to like let someone else fill that gap, then they're just not gonna be able to to put up proper. Yeah, I don't know. It's things. like some teams can consistently figure out ways to like change up their way. Like stick together as five and like consistently adapt and shit like that, um, and I think with some lineups that's not really something you can like naturally force. And you know, if EG can make it happen, you know, they can continue to make this lineup kind of reform itself, kind of regain their confidence in themselves. Then you know, more credit to them. But a lot of times, it feels like kind of the only way to even like get a fresh start and start to even look at the game a different way or kind of like change yourself is by like making some sort of like change. Which is either, you know, it doesn't even have to be like replacing the IGL necessarily, but, you know, just replacing one player with someone that plays a bit differently, mm-hmm. but it's kind of a different player. I don't even know who I've replaced exactly, but it could just completely like reinvigorate a team. Well, I mean, with all these teams doing like six man rosters, it could also be like a really good shot to have them bring in like a six player to yeah. switch out on one or two maps, even just to reinvigorate them and give them a little bit more motivation to change ups and stuff. Vu, if you had to change either one player or you had to tell them you guys need to play you have to change this about your style what would you what would you say to eg or what would you do as like the the gm here fuck really hitting me with the tough questions man uh (laughs) i i thought them and liquid doing a trade like i heard that there might have been something in the works you know like a year ago between them and liquid that would have been pretty cool um, I think they have the talent like the thing is it's kind of like the situation with twists where it's like you don't want to lose any of these players because they're going to go to a rival team yeah and then they're going to fucking destroy you um, so like a trade with liquid would have made so much sense I don't think that makes any sense currently but that would make sense or that would have made sense what do you do now. I've never liked Stan man I've never liked Stan's calling honestly Listen, never it's, time, it's time for your 20 what is it 2017 liquid 2.0 because you got zeus as the coach you got stan as the igl you got a na player from around 2015 that has called before never really stuck with it but you know showed promise in the past so it's just a repeat you you move the stan igl duties to Tarek. you got zeus there and then eventually things just kind of all go the exact same way and in 2023 eg wins the grand slam <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, personally, I've away. never liked Stan. I've never liked Stan's IGLing style that much. So if I was gonna change someone, it would have to be Stan. I don't know who the hell you'd pick up, like Shake Zula. I'm kind of saying fuck it. I want to see Tarek IGL again. I thought he. Was yeah, yeah, that could definitely, that could definitely work. I'm gonna be, re- I'm gonna be real. I don't think Shake Zula could frag on a. Tier That's one just level. the first IGL that came to mind. Like I, I, I agree yeah. with you. It's just I'm trying to think of who they could replace them with, and it's like there's not a long list. Like bring Nitro back. Like have a <laughs> rifle again. I guess I don't know. Um, yeah, if they weren't going to replace them with directly IGL, that he was even the move they wanted to make. Even if like it's just keeping Stan on the team, like for now, and you know, kind of like what like what did before, like literally just having Tarek pick up more IGL and do it or something, just. Something that just gives you like a completely different style and like way of like playing the game almost. I mean, I think it'd be somewhat similar, but it's still just it's still a change that is going to affect you, which I think is something that you actually need. I mean, for yeah. some of their post game segments and interviews, it seemed like Tarek has a pretty like large. Contribution yeah, I'm sure. I'm sure he has a pretty large contribution. Anyway. Yeah, but so that's why I think like 
if he did move to calling, like it's not going to completely change their game, but there are like certain themes and like just changing that overall, like in the team is going to kind of give it like a different feeling. Which, you know, you could even do that, you know, you go to like something that's actually good and useful for teams. And I don't know why teams don't try more often. I guess just because time is like such an important issue. But like, say you go to like tarot calling, like you say, you're just going to try it for like a full month nonstop, right? You just go to that. You have them picking up the duties for like a month. You just keep going through it to like take and ten up until like a certain event. And then after that, if you want to still go back and you want to change back and you want to stand, keep calling. Like it still is like a nice refresher for a team. You kind of go back. You kind of like have like a new perspective now. That's something I've done on teams of like changing spots for a bit. You know, you might move someone to like mm-hmm. a completely different spot for like a week or something and kind of like change up your T side. And then even if you decide you don't like it and you go back, like it kind of like reinvigorates your spots on those. It kind of reinvigorates what you were, what you had going before. I wonder if they could try something like what Astralis was doing as well when they had a uh, Zonic calling during their scrims, just to give Glaive like different ideas and give him a chance to sort of focus on himself too. Could be a good chance to to give them like a little bit of a different look. Yeah. Okay. Let's move on from EG. Let's but we'll stick with NA here. So in the DreamHack NA side, it was actually Pain that won, which I think with I, which I think Vu predicted. Vu, you you were on that. You, uh, you me thought... and me and Tom Biz called uh, Pain. Everyone else called Extra Salt. Damn, that's a that's a bold pred. Okay, so, okay, well, was it one a hipster pick to just pick the not extra salt team, or or two like did you really like? I mean, I knew there was a chance always that they were going to win this, but like, what stood out for you with pain that made you think that this was their tournament? So I haven't seen too much pain. I'm gonna be honest. The main, my main, <laughs> my, my, my my main thing that I went for is like the team I'm coaching played them in a in a in um the cash cup at some point they yeah. seemed really strong and then i everyone i asked that is scrimmed pain was all like 100 percent pain never loses this event like easy win i'm like all right i guess we're going with pain really even over extra salt like i thought people would think extra salt was going to do better i mean everybody on the desk i mean like other than you and tom everybody predicted extra salt to win this i think thing. tom's was a hipster pick too like i don't think he was really thinking okay. that much that they'd win i don't know i i it seemed like that to me he could have maybe he knew what was going on i don't think he did though I'm going to say he probably wasn't watching the ESEA Cash Cup, to be completely <laughs> honest. <laughs> just, just a guess about Tom and what he's doing with his free time. But um, I'll, I'll say that Payne actually looked pretty good. Like, there's, I can't really take anything away from him, them here. The, the way that they play is, I mean, it's really aggressive sometimes, but I could see that in the finals, they, like, they, like, went up a gear in that they... They actually were running strats out of spawn a lot of the, some of the time. They had good execs once they took map control. Uh, it wasn't just puggy push push everything all the time kind of Counter Strike. Although some reason in like other parts of the pl- of the bracket, it felt like that. Like the first time they played Rebirth, it felt really brawly. But then the second time in the grand finals, they actually, like I said, they were just running more strats and they they like slowed rounds down a lot more. So it was actually pretty refreshing to see because I thought it was just going to be a massive death match, um, a big fight. But that that actually wasn't the case. They actually mid-rounded pretty well and outplayed Rebirth, uh, who were kind of playing with very little to no practice on some of the maps. I mean, to go along with uh, with Vu's line, I like Pain a lot. Um, honestly, the team like they they've done a pretty good job since they moved to NA. I think mm-hmm. uh, even when they played in the Cash Cups early on, they they were 
showing that they were pretty decent as a team overall. They still have that like resilient style and structure behind them, which I sort of really like. And it, it's I don't want to quite compare them to like when LG first came to to NA right. because I think that team was just in general a little bit more skilled individually. Yeah. But in terms of their their approach to the game and the way they're sort of able to fend off NA teams, I think they just know what they're doing, if that makes sense. Like, a lot of their interviews in this tournament, they were saying that they were extremely confident. They had no doubt that they were going to win it. And to me, that just says that they have a very good... Like, they, they prepare very well going into an event like this, and they know the sort of approach they need to take against the teams that are in North America. Yeah, they... Uh... When they when they needed to, they could adjust their style based off of what they needed to do to win, which was which was nice to see. I guess for people that didn't really catch pain overall, it it does seem like safe is probably probably going to be their best overall player, but Big Uzera, I think, is actually better. But it, it was kind of like safe was for me a little bit more consistent a lot of the time, but Big Uzera uh, took advantage of a lot of like mid round situations where there was a little bit of like when the strat it's kind of like like the Bubski for me where it's like still very aggressive but he can also just manage when a round is kind of going awry he can bring it back in some some ways like he knows okay this shit is not this doesn't feel good so I'm gonna find a timing here in like ten seconds I just need to wait and then this will open up for me so it was cool to see that in some respects but did you guys catch any of extra salt though because i feel like that was a letdown I yeah that was uh they did not look too good i mean the first time around it felt like i know this is for later but um it felt like you know sometimes you can just have players on rebirth that just steal games that that's yes. kind of what it felt like when they first first played rebirth and they just don't feel like they're all there quite yet. You can see, you can see they're like a team, you know. But Fang's no floppy, and uh, I do, yeah, I, I do expect that. that they're gonna get there over some time, at least to a higher level. I think they would have been a good matchup against Pain. Um, I think you know they have beat Pain before. Um, I think their style matches up decently with Pain, but they weren't quite what I was expecting them to be at the event. Yeah, I would. Uh... I would agree with that. I think you could kind of see the bones of their structure here, but Rebirth just kind of in a way played <laughs> they just played in their faces so much that Rebirth or Extra Salt could never run an exec. And we know that basically the XC9 guys like JT led teams, like when they run their plays, they are going to destroy you. Like their strats are really effing good. Uh but when but Rebirth was like we're just going to play the most aggressive defaults we always can against you, which is just going to lead to a lot of 50-50 rounds. And like you said, like players on Rebirth can just steal rounds. Like, like the way that Exotic and Curry were just running at them at times and just killing them, it, it's like there's honestly not a lot you can do about that if you can't just hit your shots. And it showed that OC, though, was, I think, the better opera between the two of them. Like, every time they face off, I think it was something like legitimately, like, throughout the series throughout the like oc killed exotic something like 12 times and exotic killed him like three times it was it was unreal just and it was op for op for op not just kills in general so it, it shows that oc is really on another level than than exotic but exotic actually ended the tournament with better stats 
And, uh, I mean, he made it to a grand finals. But I think it's just, like, Exotic destroys riflers, but OC um, actually has the experience to know how to play against, like, an, a, an opera that's going to try to play like that. Do we I know who's for, calling for, for them? For who? Rebirth? Uh, for Rebirth. I'm assuming Rechie. it's Carson? It's Rashi. It's Rashi. My, my pupil. My people. Yeah. <laughs> I know, from what I heard, at least, Rebirth actually did a pretty good job of, like, countering Extra Salt and actually putting, like, work into that, and it seemed to work out pretty well for them, so. Yeah. yeah. I think yeah. for me, like, Fang's inexperience just showed in this tournament in the way he was playing. Like, I mm -hmm. think he's a really talented player, um, but the fact that he hasn't played, like, in larger tournaments and in a team with this sort of structure as Extra Salt really showed in this tournament because he was in a lot of individual 1v1s that he took. Uh, his trading and his spacing was a little bit off. And that's all stuff that will obviously get improved as he plays more with the team. But that was a big part of a lot of the rounds that they lost, I think, along with obviously the whole team just missing out on a lot of their, their trading and spacing opportunities. But yeah, I think in general, the team will get better over time. It's just way too early to really, to really give them a chance. They only have something like a month of practice at this point, even less. I do love seeing a premier team actually put work into anti-stratting rather than just let's play our own game. Let's not name these guys, guys. Retchy was telling me at the end of every day how he was going to game plan for the, the team he's playing tomorrow. Like, he was actually thinking about it. He was watching the demos. It was like, holy shit, dude. You're, you're actually, you actually made it to a grand finals uh, because you actually clearly had plans for, like, your CT side and T sides, even though it didn't work against Pain. But, I mean, it honestly... It really showed against Extra Salt. And I think something that works against Extra Salt right now in the NA space is that everybody knows how they're going to play now. They know how JT is going to call more or less. Like, I think JT has diversified his playbook a good amount. Like, I think, like, kind of at I the end. A lot since, yeah. since I originally started working with him. Yeah, it used to be just like calls out of spawn, but then he started calling more defaults. And then I feel like you guys weren't great at defaulting like for longer stretches in a round, but then if it sets something else up later in a round, then it looked pretty good. And it was like, okay, that helped you uh, just keep the other teams honest more, more so. So I feel like the thing you were saying, no, I really agree with, with Fang not knowing that kind of style. Like, I don't think he's been on teams before where they probably like default for 30 seconds, move into a map control procedure. And then from there run a strat. It's, it's like Fang wants to find kills in every first 30 seconds like he was taking a lot of opening duels he was like basically like if i'm playing mdl today and i'm defaulting on overpass and i'm playing b i'm gonna just fly up short i don't give a shit like i don't because i don't think we have a, an exec to play with and fang was doing that and it's like yo wait you're on a jt team you don't need to take those fights you actually can just wait because that strat into the b is going to be really effing good but it works against bad players because he is pretty skilled but when you're playing people who are, can shoot as well as you can, you need to wait for the plays to develop a little bit more. All right, we'll move off of DreamHack here. Oh, well, I actually will one shout out to everybody on Rebirth because honestly, like, Exotic was freaking amazing despite the past that he has. Like, he is effing good. Like, he is, he is freaking sweet with the op. Like, I ha he was the fastest opera in both regions actually at the stream hack in na and eu he was like easily the fastest like he you see he sees people for like one second or like a millisecond and they're dead it's just like i haven't seen anybody that quick i i mean like i literally think of simple when i think of that like in in terms of actual time to kill for for an opera um 
but let's move on. Let's go to CS Summit. So, Mix, you guys actually made it to the playoffs here for Cloud9. And uh, I guess, how do, you, how do you think your journey went in this one? Uh, I think it was all right. Um, the losses of Fury are really super close. They're just a tough team to play overall. But I feel like we had our opportunities to win that game. Um, the schedule was definitely fucking annoying. Um, like, our first two match, like, our first, like, three or four matches started at, like, 10 p.m., like, on average, and then would end at, like, 2 a.m., which was just fucking ridiculous. I don't know why that was a thing. Um, but besides that, like, I think it went pretty well. I was pretty overall satisfied with, with our results. Um, we didn't really get, like, destroyed by anyone. Like, the map, the, the matches we lost, like, Furia were both overall pretty close, and we got map wins in both of them. Um, the Fnatic one, kind of a similar thing. And so just like a learning curve in terms of like what our good maps are, what our weak spots are. Like it's just impossible to know that when our team is literally like even with the the first lineup, our first scrim together was like three months ago. So it's like mm-hmm. even if like, we hadn't made a change since then, it'd still be just such a short amount of time to have everything under under control. So so far, yeah, I'm pretty happy with everything. And I think and I think Alex's opting was um especially like his first event doing it, I was pretty overall satisfied with it. How much practice do you guys actually have since adding Zeppa? Like how many how many scrims or how many weeks have you played? Mm-hmm. Like a week or two. Okay. I'd probably say closer to like two weeks. I think making playoffs then is pretty satisfying. And taking, yeah. I think your results then for a week of practice is like, I'd say actually like really, yeah. Huh? I'd say like, yeah, two weeks of practice, getting like Eric or, you know, Zeppa integrated into the team, Alex getting used to opting. So there's like a lot of new things. And also like just overall, like Elma's a very different coach from Kassad. And so, you know, getting used to that. Um, What's, what did the Z do differently? Elma is just more hands-on, I guess. Like, it's just, I just feel like their style is just working completely different teams. Like, with Kassad has like that type of like control and like kind of full say in uh, Extremum with those with those guys. Like, I don't think Azur is like as much of a vocal IGL as like Alex is and like, SSX also pretty vocal, so like when you have like players that are like pretty vocal like that, I don't think Kassad's style works as well. Um, which is just a bit more straightforward, like kind of like his his like strats and system and stuff. Um, just overall like his way of doing things. And so with Chris, it's a lot more pretty similar, like how I would do things. Um, like on United, where you know we're going over a lot more uh, film together. You know, going over our matches, going over previous rounds from scrims, reviewing that a lot more now. Um, just overall, like more communication, kind of. Um, Chris, I think Chris just works better with Alex and and Patrick than Kassad did. Hmm, that's cool to hear. So just just different styles, I think, just fit different 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 teams. Like I think people oversimplify it as like good coach, good IGL, put them together, and it's going to be perfect. You know, it's like especially when you're like putting together a team of like five new people that haven't played together before and a coach like the odds that everyone's just gonna like fit together seamlessly right from the start is just so extremely low yeah for how about this for viewers who haven't really seen much of zeppa because they may not have been following chaos that well what did you guys what did you guys like about zeppa for the past six seven eight months um like you mean as a team or like just no in general in general like as a player as a player um he has a lot of he's like a an aspect of fearlessness to him that i really like 
you know, just you can tell when a player just isn't afraid to take duels no matter what. Like you're gonna like continue to play a pretty similar game. You know, they're not like scared by other teams. And also his mechanics are just like fucking just completely off the charts. Um mm-hmm. he's probably come in and probably just instantly has like the best mechanics in the team. Um so Seriously? Like, just, Wait, really? Yeah. You think he has better he's mechanics really than floppy? Good, man. I mean like yeah, yeah, I think I think like pure mechanics, like aim, like you know, like that type of style dude i thought he would rival floppy i don't know if he's better though i think they're very different i think they're different like styles though yeah okay floppy's a lot more like just solid consistent gets his shit down eric's a lot more fucking just kind of like flicky boy all over the place yeah yeah that's true yeah i feel like floppy makes makes the game easier for himself so i guess yeah i guess i almost feel like zeppa's mechanics come out more because his situations aren't as clearly like yeah, whether they're good or bad. Whereas like, Floppy yeah. always still takes more experience. Yeah, that yeah. still like a lot more experience to gain. That that helps having like Alex and Patrick and Chris um, on the team to help him with that. Mm-hmm. Vu, are you yeah. you uh, would you be Team Floppy or Team Zeppa right now? <laughs> uh, which one has better? I mean, I prefer. It's like it's like the two sides. The two sides. It's like I prefer watching Floppy play, but I've seen a bunch of Zeppa demos, and they just look so nice. He just looks so good, man. He just looks so nice to watch. You know, I just yeah. want to watch more of it. Yeah, I just mm-hmm. half the time when I'm like in scrims, I'm just on Zeppa POV because I just <laughs> I just enjoy watching. <laughs> I just like enjoy watching, flick around, and just headshot people. It's just so much fun. Yeah. Yeah, his time time to kill is really freaking fast. That's true. Yeah, that's what I was about to mention when I was talking to to some of his, the old in game leaders he played with when I did the feature on him. They all mentioned, or well, I guess Josh RT specifically mentioned that when he was scouting him, he looked at his time to kill and it was like absolutely nuts. That was mm-hmm. one of the main things that caused him to pick it up, pick him up at the time. So like, yeah, Zappa's just I think. His positioning and the way he like understands when he needs to take initiative and take control of a round is also really good. Like he knows when he has to take like a fight, and he, like you said, he's fearless when he when he needs to take it. So he does a really good job combining those two aspects. Um, so yeah, I think just more time for him in this in this roster and more experience will will really yield yeah, like, dividends. This, we just need like. Especially when you have like five players new together, like finding like your fundamentals, like finding like your base, kind of finding like how exactly all your pieces fit together, um, just in like a more natural way. It's just a big thing. Like it's like I say, like Zeppel almost has like an opposite problem with Mezzi, which is like Mezzi's like really fucking smart, and I think at times, especially playing with like new players in his first time in a team like this, just probably like was overthinking things sometimes, like you know maybe too scared just to take some fights just like doesn't you know, want to make mistakes yeah like yeah. trying to play too smart at times and i think you know with him it's kind of the opposite of just getting more comfortable getting more comfortable with like trusting his intuition and like the plays he wants to make and you know just yeah just everyone getting more comfortable in the teams right now as well versed in okay maybe maybe mix doesn't have to answer this but we, we will all answer this one note in eight months who will be the best player between mezzi floppy and zeppa Holy shit! <laughs> um, you know, I'm I'm gonna go with Zeppa. Honestly, eight months of practice in Europe, man. I think I think it'll be really good for him. I I think Zeppa's peak is very high, and he he just doesn't have a lot of experience playing against European teams right now. Mm-hmm. And I think a little bit longer, a little bit more time under under Cloud9 and under Alex, and being able to work on himself a little bit more, he can definitely surpass that level 
he almost kind of reminds me of like like an early like early elite in terms of like someone that had to like find their voice like who's like a really insane mm-hmm. mechanically and like was aggressive but had to like kind of like find their voice and find like how to f- like fit their aggressiveness into like the structure of a team and figure out how to make like the best use of it and knowing like when and where to do things Vu, who who's your pick you guys are all going with Zeppa. I'll go with Mezzi. I'll, I'll give Mezzi a shout. I, Damn. I, Mezzi. I, I didn't think... say Zeppa. I just uh, I was comparing him to oh, like. Oh, okay. Well, yeah, you, you compare picking. him with Mix the liege. I don't you compare know. him with the liege. You know, it's like early liege. Early, yeah, yeah. Just a really early liege. Yeah, I go with uh, Mezzi. Just add a little bit of because I think Zeppa is going to be. He has so much ability to mature on this team and and get so nuts. He's kind of like the obvious choice, but. I do like what I see from Ezzy. I do like. I do Mezzi like. Mezzi. Is, like, is a stone cold fucking clutch minister, and that's mm-hmm. that's always grown into. And then Ricky's like kind of like a combination of the two. You know, sometimes he's clutch minister. Yeah. Sometimes he's he's entry. You know, he's kind of like, like a nap. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like like an early nap. Yeah, I think. Uh, I think I have to pick floppy for sure here i think right now he's just farther ahead farther along than mezzi and zeppa and i don't i could see in like two, a year and a half i could see zeppa being the best but i think he has a little too much to learn right now i maybe i mean maybe you guys will get him up to speed but i feel like floppy has just so much more experience right now that i ha- i pretty much just have to go with him and i it's kind of like boring because i think that floppy's the best right today and I think Floppy's going to be the best in eight eight months still. So this is yeah, like um, this that. is like yeah. what you did on the DreamHack analyst desk, where like everyone's got like seventy percent certainty on who they think's gonna win, <laughs> and then you just got Maui Snake like extra salt forty percent. This is clearly the most reasonable answer, really. It is, <laughs> but like, come on, <laughs> it's just <laughs> not hot enough. Realize though is that Alex Wu is incoming. The oh protege. my god! I don't, I don't know if I okay. All right, I want. I did want to talk about Alex's opping. I think. Well, I think he, has, can, can I one, he has a couple of nice shots. We just start screaming Zaiwu into the mic. <laughs> one more point on this quickly though, because like eight months is a lot of time to be practicing, and I think the fact that Floppy's been playing in North America a lot, I would say that the experience that Zeppa and Floppy will gain in Europe will be like somewhat at the same level, if that makes sense. So. Floppy has definitely played against European teams more, but not enough where his experience against those sort of teams is way above Zeppa's. So I think in terms of eight months of practice over there, they, they'll they rise up at the same rate. I'm just wondering, like, how so quickly Matthew, it'll catch he's up. Like, he's technically been in EU, but like he's just been you know in the UK scene fucking playing UK lanes. It's not like he's Gamer playing... Gamer legioning around. Yeah, it's not like yeah. he's playing like top EU teams every fucking week. So, I mean, even yeah. for him, it's like, totally new. Yeah, that's true. Uh, okay. Let's see, let's see. Actually, oh, well, I actually wanted to say one more thing about Alex's opping. I, I feel like he is, um, he, I feel like he still doesn't know, like, all of the, say, micro-engagements, um, yeah, the best way to take them. He, like, noticed himself as, like, there's, like, one instance when we first played Fury on Inferno against Banana, we were, like, re-watching around, and, like, yeah. Alex noticed, like, the way, like, art peaked a certain angle that, like, like was like bad for was like bad for him and like the way he was standing he was like yeah yes that's just just one of those things i have to keep learning that's yeah basically the way i put it is just like 
every so like, recognizing those things, which is you know nice to see. <laughs> yeah, and the pro. What's tough is that I know that he's going to be wanting to put a lot of time into like demo work and just everything like that. But I, I honestly, the prescription for me for Alex would just be like, dude, just play five FPL games every night. I think you'll get a lot better very quickly because think, yeah. I think he actually does that more than like demo watching. Like he like not even just oh, FPL, but just playing like normal pugs if there's like no FPL on or something. Good. Good. Like he's yeah. yeah, I think he is like the same proponent where like he just feels like he needs to get game time in with the off and you know, just get used to it. Yeah, exactly. Because there's so many little things where it's just like uh the the distance between the two, you know, like all the geometry and stuff like that, yeah. like making sure you have the dominant angle for for right eye and geometry reasons like making like sometimes also like certain left swings are they're better than you might think they are like i don't know there's just certain fights that i feel like he isn't as comfortable i mean you 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 put it up you put it nicely the way that like sometimes he'll fight a banana is not perfect and that's kind of like expected because i would say he was the secondary opera on vitality it was kind of like if they needed to double up on ct side him and zaiwu would do it so Mm -hmm. he just was like good at those like his spots like where Zywu is take takes care of the whole map, and then Alex is just like because yeah, he didn't even have to like, second off that much because he played like a lot of like the main rotator spots that like you never up and so it's like he didn't even have like that much that much off time a lot of the time. Yeah, yeah, he only brought it out when like they almost needed to, like very yeah. rarely they needed yeah. to, and I would see him occasionally have it. It's like once per Bo3 or something like that. He'll he'll bust out an op on CT side. Okay, so. VP ended up winning this event, and they didn't drop a single map. Uh, I want to ask you guys, I guess, who do you guys think was their biggest challenge throughout the event? Or, yeah. So, the team that took them the closest in terms of rounds was actually, I think, NIP. No one even took VP. NIP did, like, their second time, but I'd still consider FURIA as, like, the most more prominent challenger, just because, like, NIP got kind of rolled the first time. Mm -hmm. And I think maybe, like, you know, playing them that one time kind of like maybe could have helped them in the second match. And just naturally, I think Fury is just the best match for a team like VP at the moment still in terms of fearlessness. Because like, who's the other team they played? Mouse, which is kind of like a dead team at the moment, even though they were playing well. <laughs> yeah. And then they played Fnatic, which I think we'll talk about soon, but like, it's still getting like used to like having a new player and uh, kind of changing up some things there. So like, I actually, I feel like on land maybe Fnatic would be a better challenger to, to VP. Mm-hmm. Uh, I feel like that's like a matchup that would be kind of different on land. Um, so at the moment, I'd probably still say Furia. Got to go yeah. with Furia, I think. Yeah, I mean, like, the problem with Furia is they've still got like the stand-in, right? So if they play them on Inferno, game goes kind of close. You go into Overpass, and it feels like a foregone conclusion that VP is just gonna win. Um, I think if it got, on, I think Map Three was supposed to be Mirage. I feel like if it had ma- managed to be Map Three, if Furia had managed to close out a map they definitely could have had a chance to close out the series. Yeah, I would, I would agree with that. I think the the cracks really showed for Furia in this tournament in terms of just not having their full roster together as well. Like They could have taken that Inferno over the line over VP, but there was a lot of individual mistakes that were being made as well. Mm-hmm. Like, there was a round, I think one of their first CT rounds that they won on Inferno, they had like a five versus one against Jame, and then they each peaked him one by one by one, and then they ended up winning the round in a 1v1. Their money's fucked. So, like, it's just really small stuff like that where, like, those small mistakes add up over time because then you're losing two rounds instead of just one when you're needing to buy next. So, I, I think Sanji won, like, a 1v4 or something yep, like that, that as too. Well. 
Yeah, like, that's not okay. <laughs> I mean, Sanji's cool. I like Sanji. He's the most... He is the most overrated, underrated player now for me, though. <laughs> I, like, I literally hear constantly now that Sanji's underrated. I've been hearing... So Bardoff has been saying Sanji's underrated for a year straight now. After a while, he's just rated, you know? He's just, like... <laughs> that kind of reminds me, like, back in, like, 2017, like, towards the end of, like, the Shroud scene, where people were like, dude... Who are the most overrated players in the world? And like people say Shroud, and I'm like, who the fuck is overrating Shroud? Like you literally, like literally everyone says overrated. So how the yeah. fuck is he overrated? If anything, he was like super underrated at the end of his tenure. Like <laughs> I don't know. Just that happens so much. I notice people will just overrate someone for like a year, and then like it just goes the opposite way. Yeah, I want to say that like huge shout out to Akin to this tournament. He was he was really sick, especially on that overpass map. Like one of the best CT sides we've seen in a long time as well. Yep. Mm -hmm. I feel like Yakinder being sick is like an it's old news. Like Yakinder is actually yeah. just nuts. I, I went through a bunch of his demos as well, and like he impressed me with like just the little stuff that you see from him that like you don't really see in a broadcast necessarily, but like the little movement stuff, the little tricks he'll do that really separate him from someone that's like just a little bit you know worse. He's dude. He's good. I, I could see him being such a good player in a few years like with uh some more experience some more practice he already is good he already is <laughs> such a good player he could be like he could be nuts man he could be like the stuff i've seen from i haven't seen stuff from him yet that i don't like like i like all of it i like everything i see from yakinder yeah yakinder is the is like the thinking man's worst nightmare because he does so many things that are just like oh in the macro it's wrong but then it's like holy shit his micro choices are incredible yeah, it's it's crazy. Um, I, I feel like his anti-aiming, like th this sounds like kind of dumb. Anti-aiming, like, hacking. <laughs> no, like his ability to like destroy someone else's crosshair placement. Oh yeah, is like really really good. Um, more than I've seen from almost any other player, where like he can constantly get you looking the wrong direction or looking just a little bit off, and then he's always gonna laser beam you every time. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's well said. I I I love him. <laughs> I love what he brings to the game. I love him in the server. Yeah, he's he's good too. But yeah, he's uh, I this VP team. I feel like you can just talk about every player, like top to bottom. Like Buster is also just behind you, Kinder, as like a second man entry a lot of the time. It's so good too. I mean, he used to be the first man, and now that he gets to be the second guy, it's just like everything opens up for him now. And Kickard is just the bailout guy still. Like tough situations. He kind of had a quieter tournament. I didn't see as many moments for him. I actually was more impressed with Sanji this time, but I feel like that's because they're winning more, so Sanji has to drop less guns. So because he gets a rifle in his hands more, we get to see what he can actually do. <laughs> so it's just like, yep, this is how good he's always been, but he has a deagle like eight, like 30% of the time normally, but finally, finally he's getting rifle kills. Uh, all right. Let's see. Let's see. Actually, I'll bring it up now. So... VP just today moved to sixth in the world rankings. They moved up four spots. Let's let's just put it out there. So I would say like tier one team, like the 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 S tier of teams for me compri is comprised of Astralis, Vitality, and Navi. And then the the tier right below that is kind of like big liquid VP G two heroic, I guess something like that. Um. Do you guys think VP, though, is the best of their tier? Like, are they knocking at the door? Are they the fourth best team in the world for you guys? 
Um, I'd say so. I think. Yeah, I think I think just given Big's recent form, I don't know if that's just because they're fresh off the player break or what. But given Big's recent form, the fact that VP have been playing really well for the last three tournaments in a row, I would put them above those teams. I think the next team to contest for that spot out of them would probably be G two. I can um, agree with that. But yeah, I would say VP are pretty comfortably uh, at the top out of those out of those four or five teams. VP just looks so good that it's like hard for me to really say because it feels like they haven't even been. I know they've played good teams, but they haven't been like tested. Like they haven't had to like have a hard time in a, t- a few events in a row and then come back from it. It just feels like they've been on this meteoric rise that eventually has to end almost. Like that's kind of how it feels. It it kind of feels like to me that like VP hasn't really been tested against like that top three, like Navi. Um, yeah. In a yeah. while, like Navi, Astralis, and Vitality. Or, like, I don't know how my view of the other teams is dragged down by the fact that teams like Liquid are playing like Navi, Astralis, and Vitality, like Big Lost and Dreamhack. So they kind of, you know, they actually did lose to, like VP. But, um, just like some of the other teams, it feels like, especially with like Liquid and Heroic, maybe it feels like maybe we see more losses to them because they are getting more tests, they are getting tested more often against those teams. So, uh, I still just want to see how VP actually handles playing one of the top teams at the moment. Okay, I think in a BO3 right now, VP can beat Navi, but Vitality and Astralis would be really tough. And I only say that because VP has beaten Navi before, and the fact that it's a regional matchup probably actually boosts their chances. But I think in a BO3 versus... Well, they've beaten Big, actually, um, last year at Flashpoint. They... I don't think they've played Liquid, right? Did they play with Blast? So. Well, they haven't played this five-man anyway, so that's, yeah. that's that. Yeah. Uh, I think they would beat Liquid today. I agree. Sure. Actually, cool. I think against Heroic, I think I think VP beats Heroic also. I think for some reason G2 could beat VP, though, is kind of a weird thing. I just feel like... I, I don't know. I feel like... Kenny S might lose the matchup to Jamin in the Optils at the moment, just based on current form. Yeah. Um, so I feel like that might hurt them, hurt their chances a little bit. But it's still possible with the way Nico's been playing for them to to make up for that. Hmm. So that that would be a really interesting matchup actually to see. But how stacked is the CIS region right now to not even have more than one team in the top ten of like 2019? I feel like that region is so stacked right now. It's, it is pretty crazy. Uh, we got Navi, we got VP, we've got Gambit, we've got Spirit. Uh, who else? I, I mean, I guess Forza. 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 No, I'm not. I'm not. Even, yeah. I'm not yeah. I don't know. If, yeah, Forza is a little bit suspect at the moment. We've got we've got Lollipop twenty one k. I mean, yeah, I think that the CIS region is kind of. Uh, Whereas maybe it was contentious before, if they were behind NA, I think they're firmly ahead of North America now, which hurts. Oh, for sure. Yeah, yeah but it's yeah. true. They just are better. So, yeah, I, I think the coolest thing about it is that they don't even play like... I think when you get down to like lower CIS teams, like, like a Forza, like a Namiga uh, kind of team, you, the styles kind of blend together just a little bit more. Actually, Forza's kind of unique, too. They 4-1 all the time, but... It's. It doesn't feel like what we saw three years, two years ago with like Vega Squadron type teams or Windstrike type teams. Um, 
like Vega was just super in your face aggressive all the time. It's like different styles is the thing I'm trying to say here. Like VP play a very different style to Navi and Gambit plays a different style to both of those. I guess Gambit's is more similar to Navi's, but it's not that similar. I don't know if you guys just think agree with this or what. But I just think that it's they're good enough now that I'm not just lumping them together where I used to do that a few years ago. Maybe that's just like my knowledge of the teams increasing though, but all right. Um, so Fnatic actually made it to the grand finals in this. They beat out, I think the biggest victories they had were, was probably heroic. I think that just definitely is their best showing overall. The fact that they got that one over the line, the fact they, I mean, they beat OG too, which was pretty impressive. Um, but did you guys like what you saw from Jackinho? I hadn't really had much of an opinion of him at first. Uh, towards the end, he was coming into his own a bit. We actually scrimmed him a few times, and I didn't really remember how he played because they all had like weird names. So I just had no idea what was going <laughs> God damn it! <laughs> That's every team and every scrim. It feels like it's just like yeah. who the fuck is who? Who I, I don't even know. So, so I have no idea how he was from scrims. But towards the end, he was definitely getting getting some more of his own. He's having like a, a lot of good games. It felt like towards the end of the tournament. So I'm pretty uh. Uh, confident, or I'm pretty excited to see what they do in the future. Yeah, I personally didn't see much of him play, but just based on Fnatic's run, I think that it's not really a bad replacement per se. Like, it's Flesh is a very difficult player to replace, obviously. Um, but I think like they can still make it work. It'll be interesting to see how he he slots in with more time. This is just his first tournament, and he managed to hold his own, I guess. So. Yeah, I was impressed by, uh, well, okay, so I, I hadn't watched Jaquinho before this tournament started, but I did watch Haka's video about Haka saying that Jaquinho's a body shotter. He, he got more headshots. He was, he was quicker to kill than, than basically, that's, that's all I really gathered. But I, I will say that Jaquinho, I think, takes uh, some kind of more fun initiative than Flusha did, whereas Flusha was always that just bailout super late round win condition kind of guy jaquino is actually like they're not the same player by any yeah. means is is all i'm gonna say like the, he's he's doing stuff on his own like he pushed b on vertigo i think a couple times on ct side or he took that space by himself he i think he played more towards con on t side overpass so that's like not what flesha had to do either but basically i think he's the way he's playing is more it's it's more like an early mid-round player, which I think he should be, as opposed to Flusha, who is like a very seriously like mid-late, almost yeah. strictly late round for me by the end of his tenure, because I feel like he kind of fell off even in mid-rounds. Um, yeah, okay, we can move on from that, though. It, because it worries me a it. bit on the long-term team balance of Fnatic, because you have JW, who's obviously a very early-round yeah. player. You have Brolin, who's also a pretty early-round, like aggressive-style player. So yeah. then you're really left with like Crimson Golden, I guess. But even Golden takes initiative Crim a lot. Golden so. fights in the beginning of yeah, exactly. So yeah. it makes me worried about what their late rounds are going to look like in a little bit, but still potential. Yeah, on paper, I don't think it has the same amount of balance that the last roster did. So that that is concerning. That's a good point that you bring up. Okay. Hey, at the very move. least, while they're trying to figure out their new role distribution, they can just wear each other's names instead of actually uh, the <laughs> appropriate name, and nobody will figure out who's who. It's fine. Just, just make us guess. Yeah, yeah we can, we can move off of that though, because 
Um, let's get to a, a Patreon question here before we get into the, the new news. So the Patreon question today comes from Pranogo. Who did it come from? Oh. This is from... You're putting me on the, the spot. This essential worker. Essential, no, worker. essential worker, who is, I think, a $5... We'll see. Actually, you know what? I'm not going to guess what kind of patron he is, but he paid enough. He at least he paid five or more dollars to get this question out here, and he asks us, do you think that Astralis will be able, will be able to re-sign all of the main five when their contracts expire? If so, or if they oh. do... Yeah. Lose a member. Can they still maintain top three? Okay, so first part of that question, I'll throw it to Vu. Do you think Astralis will be able to re-sign their main five? No. Um, honestly, like I think like the team has to be on with the news that like people know about, I feel like people have to be pretty unhappy. They requested a break, supposedly. Like all of this is I think like in the public domain, but it's like not a hundred percent confirmed. So take that with a grain of salt, but it's like they requested a break. They weren't allowed one. Then it seemed like they were basically heavily pressuring their players with the replacements. I don't think players on that roster can possibly be happy with the way things are going. I think someone has got to leave, especially if they were, if the rumors are true that they were shopping around Zipniks and yeah, as a tag, right? Like, I said before, like the smartest thing they ever could have done. <laughs> I'm sure I said before, I think the smartest thing they could have possibly done is like sign their players to varying contracts so they can't all just bust out and leave whenever they want. Like, because if they all have the same contract length, they could just leave as a full roster. Like they could all just yeah. peace out and it wouldn't surprise me. That would be uh, the, the Nicola Nyam play, though, of the century. Just Majus, we're going to give you a month and a half. Glaive, two years. Device, <laughs> 2.5. And, and Debris, uh, you'll get nine months. So yeah, like you said, they have to just re-sign in staggered contracts. And they can never, like, guys, let's make a new team. It's like, dude, we're locked in these shit contracts. <laughs> Fine, just bench me. Okay, we're bringing in Yugi. It's a 10-man <laughs> roster, man. Like, <laughs> um, I mean, yeah, I, I would have to agree. I don't think that they'll be able to... Resign the main five just because based on stuff that Thorin has said in, in other videos like players were being shopped around and there was like a time where I think there must have been some um, Flashpoint orgs interested in, in signing some of these players so if opportunities like that are still available and if these players are still a little bit saltier or feel like they were jerked around by those Trellis orgs then there's definitely a good chance that uh, a couple of them may not resign. Um, on the second part, I guess it really it's it's a hard question to answer because it depends on which player doesn't get resigned. Obviously, like if you lose device, you're losing like your most consistent, impactful like playmaking opera. Yeah, the, the only one like because like I would have said like Glaive, and that's like Magic was like IGLing and they were looking good. So I was yeah, like, still look good. They did yeah. look good for that. So it's like now I'm like the only person I think would have enough of an effect. That like would be incredibly hard to replace is device because yeah. one you'd be losing one of the core three of Dupree, uh, Zipnix, and device who you know have been playing together since like fucking 2013. Mm -hmm. So you're losing that, you're losing your most consistent top three player, and that's gonna be hard to like replace. Like, they'd still be a good team, like, they'd still probably be winning trophies, but what I don't, it's Yugi. 
What mm. if they lose Bubsky? <laughs> no, <laughs> what, if, what if they lost Bubsky? Oh no, not Zipix on Nuke. <laughs> <laughs> so it's like device is like the only one I feel like if they lost would be like enough of an impact that it would could potentially knock them like out of the top three. I, I agree with that. I think if they lost pretty much anybody but device, I actually think they could maintain top three. I think. You put yeah. device almost. It's almost like if you just put device on a team. You know what? Actually, if they lost, say, Dupree, that just means there's more frags for device, and device will. I, I think device could get top two, above Zywer or, or Simple. I think it can happen. So no, that's not gonna happen. <laughs> <laughs> they uh, they lose like, one of their fraggers. They've just got more frags for their best okay. player. Like they're in yeah. Denmark. Like, do you really think exactly you can't replace Dupree with another sick fucking rifler? Like you're out of your mind. There's so many sick players in Denmark that you could replace any of the okay. riflers with. So yeah, they could even yeah. replace him with Bubsky. I heard he's pretty <laughs> good. I heard he's pretty good. <laughs> That's too far fetched for me. I'm not buying it. Okay. <laughs> I think that'll wrap it up for the Patreon question. Let's talk about uh some roster moves that have come out. I think the biggest one by far has is just twist a face. So let's just talk oh, about this. I'm so excited for this. Yes, and I mean, let's just talk about it in the Kerrigan context, play, okay? It, yeah, like, we're just going to assume Kerrigan is joining. Yeah, assume. yeah. Just for the sake of this discussion, because like, what? Why? Why even talk about? How will Faze do uh, with Olaf yeah. and Twist? <laughs> yeah, <exactly. laughs> I'm, not, I'm just personally not interested, like, in that. Um, okay, so Vu, are you buying? Are you buying Phase stock? Uh, well, this is one of those things where like I'm buying Phase stock, but like. You y'all are all speculating phase up to like this GameStop level of share price, right? Like this is well, we'll put it like if, this: H, based off of their HLTV ranking, which is 19th right now. Are you buying phase? Yeah, I'm, I'm buying as much as I can afford, man. Like I feel like this <laughs> team is going to be so sick with with Kerrigan's going to have like everything he needs. I feel like this this roster could not go wrong. <laughs> I could not. It. I just love the the idea of it. Yeah, I think. Twist is one of those players who will fit into Kerrigan's style really well, which is what I'm really, really excited for. Like he mentioned in the, the HLTV confirmed episode that he hasn't really been able to play his role since he came into the team. Like he's wanted to pick up the op occasionally, which I will say, I don't mm. know if I really agree with. <laughs> I don't I'm know about automatic. that. I don't, yeah, I don't know about that, <laughs> Mr. Headshot King picking up the op. Yeah. But uh, no, he plays a lot of anchor sites that I think is useful to have an op. So I can understand. True, fair, fair enough. But it I will often. say. Nothing. I will say I think I think oh, him cool. and the way that Kerrigan has a really loose style based around his players will be like a match made in heaven almost because Twist yes. is really good when he's set free. And that is something that I'm looking like super forward to seeing and seeing that unfold. Uh also I think it's important to mention since we're talking about the player they brought in, removing Kirby, I think obviously like the right move in terms of if they're gonna bring in Kerrigan for Olaf. Kirby is the only other player that I think would be uh, eligible to be removed from the team right now. He's kind of the odd man out. Yeah. Yeah. Unfortunate. Yeah, because Kirby uh, actually looked kind of good. I, I didn't mind what I saw from him actually on this phase team. Uh, I think he could be, I think he could replace a player like Dupree. Who would have thought of that though? Who would, or, you know, put him in for maybe, if, if they lose Majisk on Astralis, maybe put in. Kirby, I, I just don't know what that team could accomplish. I've never seen a lineup like that before. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but well, I got a historical question. Cloud Nine at the major. Oh, yeah. yeah, what is it? 
So but my question is, is this pr- prospective phase lineup better for Kerrigan than the previous phase lineup that had Nico, Guardian, et cetera, like old, previous Olaf Meister? How do we stack those two up? Like, I think the previous one was better, but I'm curious as to like arguments for the uh, the opposition here. I mean, I don't know. It's hard to say. This one could be better. This one doesn't have like as much of a slam dunk superstar like Nico, like the last one did. Yeah. But, I can't like, remember like, how... It has the potential to be more well-rounded with, if like, like if you can have like twists, cold, not necessarily reaching their peaks, but just hitting much better form than they're in now. I can't remember how good Olaf was when that original phase roster came around. I feel like he was already kind of on the, like a pretty hard downswing at that point, yeah. right? He kind of was. He was just brought in to be like a, a glorified role player, like like he was like just being like a role player, a support player in the team, but just like you know a fucking overqualified one. I think was kind of the yeah. idea. I really feel like Kerrigan with twists, like Kerrigan's really good at kind of revitalizing people that have had a bit of a downswing. And I think he could definitely do that with twists. I think twists is really going to like the, you know, playing under Kerrigan. I think this could be a really, Kerrigan's just really going to run and die for everyone. And then yes. Rain will probably do something similar. I don't think Rain's like, I don't think Rain's like, yeah, I got to be a fucking, I got to have my star spots over Cold and, and Twist. Like, I think Rain will be. Pretty good. So then you'll have, you know, Twist Cold and the Clutch Minister Brokey coming in. That's the last three. <laughs> I think it's pretty sick. Saying Clutch Minister when Cold is on your team and it's not Cold. Dude, Brokey <laughs> is fucking insane. He is good. Yeah, he is good. I uh, I think Brokey is quite great. I'm I'm a little worried about who's going to be taking, like, the bitch roles just a little bit. But I think if it's evenly distributed... I think it'll probably work out for them. Like, you know, Kerrigan will take like, as many yeah. as he can. Because one, he also has like smart players around them. It's not like he has to micromanage like Cold Zero and Twist. Right. For the most part on their CT side. So I'm sure that's fine. I actually don't think Cold wouldn't. I think Cold wouldn't be opposed to taking some of those roles as yeah. well. Yeah. Like Twist is coming in. I think he has, but he's, he's played. Yeah, cold, cold plays some of those spots just naturally. So does Twist. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Like, remember, Twist, that bad. remember Twist like wanted like when Kyle was still in the pool. Twist is like, I want to play drop. Like, I like drop. It's a challenge. It's, yeah, he's like, he's like, like I literally want to play drop. what he said. Yeah, <laughs> like, I remember. Like, what the fuck is wrong with you? This is the most eight spot in the game. <laughs> I remember my teammates and I like kept saying that. We're like, we were all like when we were playing Cobble together. We just kept quoting Twist. I like drop. It's a challenge. It's just like. <laughs> I remember I would bring it up on our old C9 team. I'd be like, so like if Quavo gets put back in the pool, who's who's like who's playing drop? And then Tion would be like, sounds like a job for Ricky. And Ricky's like, cool. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yep. All right. Let's uh let's I think see. um I think Rain was one of the first guys to come out that and say that Car- dropping Kerrigan was a mistake, wasn't he? Like I feel like he yeah. would basically do anything. Mm. Yeah. I'm sure he would. He would listen to what he says. Around us over the phase, over the course of the phase teams, and like I'm sure on T side, he'll still be working in the pack on his normal role that he wants. So he'll be fine. Do you think? Okay, how about this? Here's a question to leave this discussion on. Do you think that so Mouse Sports, the peak that they reached with Kerrigan was probably winning back to back to back tournaments with CS Summit, uh, the champion, the China, whatever the yeah, Chinese, Chinese tournament, China Champions probably, Cup. Yeah. yeah, China Champions Cup, whatever. And then they won... What did they win? Pro they League. Won one more. Pro League. Okay. And they also came in second in Epicenter. So it was like three first places, one second place. And then before that and after that, it was kind of rough. Do you think this team can accomplish, let's say, two back-to-back tournament wins this year? 
this year, uh, I have no idea just because of online, but like, yeah, it's tough. Yeah, so, I guess. So, so it's like, I'm just predicting whether they're going to be a good team or not because I have no idea who's going to win anything. Yeah, that's actually true. Yeah. It's not so, a bad I feel, like, I feel like they could. Like, if we were like in a land, land circuit, especially at the moment, I would definitely say I think it's definitely achievable. Like, if they hit like the right peak, the right time. Mm-hmm. Especially, like, I don't know, just that duo of, of twists and cold is just so. On land? Yeah, oh, especially yeah. on land. Yeah. Yeah. Like, if they find their form back with Kerrigan, like, because it's not like these two have been like through the ringer, like journeymen, like going through various people and struggling, like, Cold went from like fallen to playing in like some shitstorm of phase. You know, Twist has just played with Liquid for like his entire career almost now. Yeah. So obviously these things just kind of got cluttered there. So it's like both of these players have the potential to like reach like sick form again. Especially Twist, who I think it's possible hasn't even like reached his his absolute peak yet. Like I think there's a world where Twist like finds an even better form than he ever had in Liquid more consistently. I actually think it's possible too. Also, just so. like emotionally anchored better on phase, given like the last little while that he was on liquid, he said he had yeah. a lot of issues like personality wise and conflicts with other players. So, like mm-hmm. being able to be anchored, being on land, being with players that he like that are just an entirely new environment for him can definitely boost that for sure. This yeah. team's honeymoon period, I feel like, is going to just win a championship immediately. <laughs> like, they're, I think they're going to win a tournament within their first two two tournaments if once there are five. It just, I, I just see the stars aligning for them actually. Um, all right. It's been a slow week. Let's move on to... So, Oboe got released from Complexity. This was a real shocker, Kappa. Okay, so basically, we all knew this was going to happen, but now that he's actually, like, a complete free agent, and he has no buyout or anything like that, what's your dream destination for Oboe? A team that needs... That has been around for a while, that needs to, like... I think it's time to make a change and try to up the ante, and that's OG. And I want to see on OG, probably in place for NBK. Oh. But wow. I think, I think that's like the spots that he would most fit into. The so, spots, yeah. So, the voice on the team, though, he's not the voice quite. on the team, not so much. But I think, I don't know how important that really is, like, losing that. Like, you'll still have Valdi, who yeah. decently experienced. You'll have Issa. I mean, Issa and Mansu are, like, now both decently experienced after a year. So it's not like they need you know, just the fucking third voice in MBK mic managing them, so mm-hmm. that's what I would go for, at least. See, OG's interesting, but I don't know if he would make a move there, because he said he's willing to travel to EU for extended periods, but I don't think he said he wants to live in EU. Um, hmm. Just based on what his tweets have been, I don't know if that's 100% or not, but OG is definitely not a team that's gonna be like temporarily living in NA, right? Uh, I, think, okay. I think maybe he has less of a problem with it if just like teams are more set and like he understands where he is and where he's going. I think right. the problem with Nicole was just like seems to just happen so last minute. It felt like you never really got settled anywhere, just living like from hotel to hotel. Yeah, yeah. It can just make a big difference in terms of like the mindset you have going into it. Uh, well, for me to bring this discussion back to when we were talking about EG earlier, I think he would be a really good six player for OG, uh, just to come in and revitalize the roster a little bit. OG, uh, OG or, EG? or EG? EG, EG. <laughs> yeah. Okay, okay. Uh, for EG because yeah I think that team's hit like they've stagnated in a sense and I think bringing him in as a, as a sixth even to plug in on a couple of different maps could just bring new ideas to the team it could give them like another way to approach certain maps and certain sides of the map so I think that would help them without needing to make like a drastic roster change he's also free right now 
And I think bring him on even in like a short term, like one year contract, see how he plugs into that sort of system and whether like they can make a six man roster work that could give them a good chance to revitalize themselves, give Oboe a chance to, to raise his stock price as well. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think he would fit decently well on that team. I feel like when it comes to six man, a sixth man situation, like almost any team would be pretty happy to pick up Oboe. He's like as good as you can get, I feel like, for, for a six man. I don't know if he'd want to play as a sixth man, though. I think OG is a pretty decent shout if you're going to like slot him in for a player. Um, I mean, I would say extra salt, but he probably, you know, doesn't want to drop down there. But if he's going to stay in NA, if we're saying like he doesn't want to play on an EU team, then it's hard to find a, a team that that makes sense other than like six man for EG or, you know, something like that. It's hard to think. I can never even remember NA rosters that aren't like EG liquid at this point, to be honest. If he's going to stay in NA, I think six-man for EG would make more sense for me than Liquid right now. Liquid's done enough yeah. changes lately that you don't need to do anything for a while at that run. I actually feel like I could pick the maps that I would want Oba to slot in for for EG. Like, I'm visualizing it right now, and I'd want him on Nuke for Tarek. On Inferno, I'd actually want him for Stanislaw, which is crazy, but I actually think that would work out still. I think for... Um, let me think of some other maps for him. Uh, like Dust 2, I would probably want him for maybe, honestly, just fucking Tarek again. <laughs> um, I, I think a few maps would just be him for Tarek. And then I think on Mirage, I would just want EG as they are. I wouldn't want them to change anything. But yeah, I think that would be really cool. I actually think this um, a, a cool spot for him to go to would be FPX. But I don't think they're looking to change... A player there but i think that if he were there for like for modern fpx would have more consistency if he were there for stiko it would just be like him in a support player role if he were there for zen i don't think it would actually change too much so i wouldn't want that but i think i think fpx just likes this five-man lineup enough that i don't think they want to do anything like that i don't think they should either but yeah i think most top 20 teams would like you guys said just if he if they spoke english and they want a six-man, Oboe would be perfect for that. Okay. You know what could be a good move? Complexity minus JKS plus Oboe. <laughs> Dude, that would be the best. That literally is the best move. Yeah. As sad as it is, that is actually by far the best move for Oboe and for Complexity. Yeah, it's yeah. just like, it's just sad. Like, that bridge is clearly burnt. Like, you can't, you can't convince that one to happen. Like, but that really would be the, like, such a clear, obvious move. It's... It's unfortunate the way that one played out. Yeah. It's lame. It is lame. Because I like watching... I, that team was fun. That team was sick. Um, okay. And in a court, in, to continue with how slow of a week this has been, NIP rebranded, guys. Uh, this is something we've been nonstop chattering about for days now. I don't think anybody can shut up about it. Um, in fact, it's the talk of the town. Okay. Let's give everyone's take on the new rebrand. Do you like it, Mix? Uh, I don't know. The neon green is just a bit much for me. It's the only part I don't like about it. Like, literally, I'm not saying that I even had to go back to like their old colors, but like, I just don't like the neon green. Like, it's just bad to me. All right, you don't no, like what's your take? Nin- ninjas and chaos. <laughs> yeah, chaos in pajamas. 
Chaos in Pajamas. Uh, I like the logo. Yeah, I'll, I think I'd agree with Mixer. I like the logo itself. It's like a nice, cleaner design, I would say. Um, yeah. It's I, I honestly really like the way they've, they've kept the general theme of it, but just made it a little bit cleaner. Uh, the neon green is a little bit atrocious on the eyes, for sure. Um, mm. I'm, I'm wondering, like, what would you guys suggest as a color in place of this neon green? I don't know. I, I would even just gone with like something like super simple, like super dark, like ninjas pajamas, right? Just go with like literally like, some type of dark gray black theme. But I mean, also I'm super biased because all I wear is black because I'm just a fucking like emo kid. But like <laughs> that's that's what I would have gone with at least. It's just wow. some, some some like dark combination between like gray, silver, black, something cool. Maybe a little bit of gold. Kind of, yeah, I kind think of like, gold is like the obvious choice here. I think, like, in terms of paying homage to the old color, and then it's like a slightly updated because the old one was kind of a brownish kind of gold or something. Yeah. Um, Vu, what are, what are your thoughts on the on the logo? Um, yeah, I mean, I'm pretty much gonna echo the same thing. I don't think it's great. I feel like the neon green is almost like a troll, so that when they scale it back and then do something else, there it's gonna be like, oh my god, they really care about the old branding. That's what it feels like a lot of the time. It's like they make it slow, like these orgs rebrand to something so shit, and then they're just like, we're gonna nod back to our old brand. And then everyone's like, mm. oh my god, it's so much better. I, it's like, we love it so much. Like, that's genuinely what it feels like sometimes. Shout out, EG. <laughs> but literally, and dig, Dignitas. And Dignitas. And dig. dig was like the most obvious. Dig's logo should never have changed. Their, their logo is just really good. Their, their really regular good. alien one. They're, they're, they're like rebranded logo, which is fucking terrible. I don't care. Oh, yeah. The owl. Yeah, the owl, the owl was didn't so, even make sense, dude. It was so like un unoriginal, like it just felt so amateur. Like I don't know, that it one. just looks like a high school basketball team. Like the yeah. the owl, I just didn't like it at all. Yeah. Like but dude, NIP with like black and gold or like some type of like black and silver, like you know, low key type thing would have been sick. But neon I will say, I hate their jerseys. Like if you look at this tweet and look at their jerseys, oh, it's just no. so ugly, man. <laughs> oh no! Like who yeah. who decided to put the logo like smack dab in the center of their jersey? Yeah, you could have done so much better. I don't know. Who decided mm. to do the announcement in Japanese? Like they did do that. They so did. That's a, yeah. So that's only me. They it took them a year to come up with the shit. Like with this jersey, with this like, I don't know. I feel like I'm not aware of what is fashionable or like like hip in in sweden I, i'll say that because this just feels so detached from what i would think is good aesthetics and yeah. i just i just I, I must be missing something i feel like the the whole like japanese fonts and things like that was played out like eight years ago in america or two so i i feel like that aesthetic choice is also just done i actually feel like americans are like starting to actually like arabic texts again on certain clothing brand like certain streetwear brands are using arabic a little bit more but I think every like it's kind of more like it's a little edgy because it's like oh like you know around like like twenty years ago this would have been like way like nobody would be a fan of that but now people are more accepting I, I, I don't soon. know yeah that was it was a too soon thing for sure back then but now it's coming back into vogue I would I say I think you guys are just missing the fact that Nip's about to announce their five year sponsorship ag agreement with Crunchyroll <laughs> yeah oh my god I actually have a Crunchyroll account so I mean. Same. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Word. Uh, yeah. Um, I, okay. I'll say this before we move on. 
can someone use like a purplish or maroon color as a logo? I, I like that color a lot. And not a single team in the top 30 uses that color at all. Whereas we've got a bunch of teams that use white, a bunch of teams that use yellow, red, I blue. Valorant, they had a Mamba Mode Gaming. Which <laughs> oh, yeah. Like took mode. all the money from their players and staff. I cannot think of a more scummy fucking thing to do than to name yeah. your brand Mamba Mode Gaming after <laughs> a deceased basketball player that died last year. And I then know. steal all the fucking money from your staff and shit. Like, holy shit. Who work hard, living up to the name. Anyways. Mamba mentality, I'm out. Yeah, also, Mamba out, that's what they said. A purple on the nip logo would look nice, by the way. Like, it would actually I think so fit, like, the ninja theme as yeah. well. Yeah, um, I, I think yeah. purple for NIP's logo would be better. Like, but whatever they chose this okay um last piece of news this just happened today that flusha has told the hltv confirmed podcast and then ryan wrote it on his twitter so ryan gets the credit that this is a <laughs> this team is not happening the flushy sunny flusha sunny the flusha flushy matic the flushy matic team is not is not coming to be this is automatic to valorant basically i feel like yeah okay yeah, so so for a bit of background on this, Flusher basically said that they had a full five-man roster lined up um, and they were shopping around to organizations, but they were looking specifically for organizations that were established. So I guess like the 100 Thieves or the TSM sort of uh, yeah. brands. And they did get offers from other organizations, but they didn't actually have any basis or like any, any form of like a long-term team beforehand. So mm. they, they turned those down. And now it seems like the team will be going their separate ways. Flesha said that he's uh, just looking for other offers. He said there's still a chance the team sticks together, but unless they get an offer, evidently not going to happen. Okay. Uh, Who do you think the other two were? The no, other just, two? Yeah. Um, Most of the European peeps. So it's not, like... not Smooya, because Automatic wants to op. And what do you, just th- have what to do you think about that? What do you think about Automatic saying on the op? I feel like he should be going back to the rifle. I mean, he tried going back to the rifle and the C9 yeah, team with Maps yeah. didn't really work, so he went back to the op. Yeah. I don't know, I, I think he's a fine offer. I think he's okay. I think he's... I think he would be fine if he was in the, like, a set team. Like, yeah. Like, I wanted to see him play again without Daps, like, on a set, like, a real team. Like, the, the Gen G team was a potential team with Zeppa and Vanity, potentially me. And I was like really looking forward to that because I want to see how automatic would do like not on a team with DAPS. So, but obviously yeah. it hasn't really happened since. So, I guess we'll who knows? We may never find out. Dude, you guys I say wouldn't... automatic is a good opper, but surely he's not better than Smuya. Like Smuya is clearly like a, a cut above, right? In terms uh, of mechanics, yeah, Smuya's better. But I actually I don't like being on a team with Smuya. So. Yeah, it's just like one of those chemistry things where. People have expressed oh. that. Is that why he's so good on Movistar Riders? Because they can't understand anything he says. So they're like, oh, this guy's awesome. <laughs> yeah, it could be. Yes. <laughs> yes. That is exactly the reason. I've talked to them in Spanish. I feel like Automatic's definitely, you can't say he's a bad opera. Not it really. just feels mm-hmm. like he's never going to be like that guy, like that amazing, nah. you know? Yeah. He's expressed that he really wants to stick on the op. And it's just like at this point, I've, I've been really. I feel like for like a year I've been just like, oh, can he move back? And then eventually he just has to say that I'm not switching back. And then it's like, 
what's the point in torturing myself at this point, hoping yeah. for 2018 automatic to return? It's not happening. So let's just move on. It sucks, but it is what it is. He said he was going to end his career as an opera, and it looks like he's about to fulfill that promise. Oh, <laughs> my the God. <laughs> oh, Lord. Oh, my God. Maui, you think you're going to be doing one last ride video for automatic soon? Is that going to happen? We're going to get to I it could in do like it. a month's time. It's literally just this. Yeah, it's the same map, sure. even same demo. Sure, same demo exactly. <laughs> I'll just get everybody's POV in that demo at some point or another. Okay. Uh, any idea? Does Sunny is Sunny gonna go to Havu then? I feel like everybody from Ents just moves to Havu. That's just I don't care. <laughs> okay, sure, sure. That's fine. <laughs> that is a fair opinion that you are allowed to have. <laughs> okay. All right, let's, I guess. let's just get let's just get to the last question of the week. Let's get to the last Patre Patreon question of the week. Um this is replacing the question of the week just because you're you're a great donator. And so this question comes from Liam Wilson. Other than Yakindar and Art, of course, who are players who create a lot of space for their team and may be underrated? It's like a lot of IGLs. So like Glaive is someone that did that a lot. Um, Golden. Golden, yeah. Actually. I remember watching Glaive like when I was prepping for a Shawls for the first time. I was just kind of a little bit... Like, I knew he was like an aggressive player, but I was a little bit caught off guard by some of the things he was doing. Like, just complete batshit, insane info plays, just pushing Ivy randomly. Like, I was like, dude, Glaive's a fucking... For a team that's, like, the epitome of, like, tactical Counter-Strike, their IGL plays like a fucking idiot sometimes. This is fantastic. <laughs> um, Amanek, maybe? Maybe. Hampus is another one recently that was kind of a pain in the ass to play. Hampus. Uh, Hampus is a good shout for this one. Hamp that's... that that Yeah. He, he gets in people's face. He plays like a moron sometimes, it looks like. Yeah. But it works, so... He's like the only reason that NIP have feel like they have any kind of unique style to them is because of yeah. Hampus for me. Yeah, that's literally the only reason, like the only unique thing about NIP at the moment. It feels like a lot of the time is, is Hampus. Um, when, when I when I say that though, he actually take like I say he looks like a moron, but it's like I could say that about Art and Yakinder also. It just like yeah. looks so out of pocket the way that they play. It's but, not um, though. There's some. There's more to it than that. Yeah. Historically, I think pretty much every like top team usually has a guy that. Except for sometimes the Danish ones, um, usually they have a guy that's like hyper aggressive and kind of catching people off guard, like you know Liquid picking up Stewie, and then they always be end up being super underrated. Like Liquid picked up Stewie, and his stats weren't amazing, but I think he added a different dynamic to Liquid, and then they went on their huge run. Um, yeah, because he's creating a lot of space. He's he's making basically teams respect that you, anything could happen at any moment, right? Um, you got like JW for Fnatic did that historically, right? You know, just the op could be in your face at any moment. Um, JW was my favorite back in the day. JW is still my favorite player of all time, man. Top one. He is. When you when you actually when I went back through the 2012-2013 stuff, JW was the first person in CS:GO that did aggressive opping, like period. Nobody else did it. A couple non-IGLs historically that I think I would give a shout out to are like Elige. Yes. Uh, not yeah. to like the same extent as like some of these players, but he is someone that's very aggressive and like is like getting a lot of info and shit. And also, especially on like the old 100 Thieves lineup, JKM um, was like always like their most easily their most aggressive player and the one like taking every first engagement like insane mm -hmm. like kill percentage. So those are like two others I would shout out. Hampus, Jacob, Elige mm -hmm. for me. 
Uh, Mirror on Spirit is in everybody's faces all the time. Like these players aren't underrated from what I would what I've seen of them, but like he yeah. Mir Mirror in defaults is just like he's so good at just reading the situation and then taking the fight to them. Like he can he can be in a lot of different situations on different maps and still like he just has a lot of little tricks or he has like he knows timings or he knows based off of this this what can i what kind of risks can i take and he's the reason that spirit like basically him and dexter are why spirit are going to be consistently a team that you have to like really be like you have to be on your a game to beat them because they are they're always going to do damage who else though uh i guess electronic for riflers is he's not as aggressive as i would say mirror or Lijar, but he's also a person that can just take space with his body a lot of the time. Mm. Yeah, I don't know. Do you guys have anybody else? Maybe, like, I'm just looking through teams. Config, I guess, kind of does that, too. Yeah, I Conf wouldn't say Config's underrated, though. I think he's just nuts. Yeah, none, I, like, none of these players are underrated, I don't yeah. think. I think they're all good. Um... Yeah, when I go through all of the, the, the top 30 teams and I look at their players, I think we've nailed out nailed most of them. I guess Bentet would be in this also. Uh, I want to go for one that's like kind of underrated on the old team. Okay. Uh, MLTM. Sure. Oh, yeah. For, for sure. Yeah. I think you know, that... He was really important for like getting info, especially in our CT sides. Yeah. Vu, do you, do you have anybody else? There's this guy on the roster I coach. It's Owen Tune Premier. Probably about to be Owen three tomorrow. You know, <laughs> that's their coach talking. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, there's been some roster changes. All right. Yeah, I think I think pretty much everyone's been listed at this point. I feel like we've got like 15 names. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think we're good. I think we're good on that one. I think that'll close it out. So let's just get to um, let's get to our shout outs here. So Vu, what have you got to shout out? What you got coming up? I have a bunch of videos with plenty of sponsors over on youtube.com slash VCSGO. And if any tournaments are watching this and uh, want to, you know, want to hire me and pay me some big bucks, that'd be great. You know, if any, if any teams want to pay me like two grand a month so I can stop coaching for free, that'd be great too, you know? Okay. That's it. Hire Vu. All right. <laughs> no, what have you got? Uh, I have nothing coming up immediately. Going to be doing an interview with ptr at some point soon oh uh, that might not even be out by the time the next podcast rolls out so a little early early tease on that one but peter oh uh, uh, yeah back from the poker world i think if i've been following is him. that where he went yeah he was playing online poker i think for a while he's been tweeting at doug polk a lot I, i've noticed that. yeah yeah interesting okay i'll make sure to ask him about his burgeoning poker career as well um, Maybe it's not so burgeoning because he's coming back. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I feel like if you do well in poker, you're never coming back to CS, man. Like you're gone for good. Yeah, possible. More possible. Um, but yeah, other than that, just follow me on on Twitter. I might start uh, streaming on Twitch occasionally, so hmm. uh, follow me on there. It's the same at note, and yeah. All right, mix what you got. Shout out to um, Cloud Nine. I know, shocking. <laughs> Damn. Last time you shouted out OC, do you have a do you have a random player you want to throw out there now? Um, I was gonna shout out Alex. Um, 
Word. He was upset that I was cheating on him with OC. So, <laughs> trying to write things there. So he watched this? He watched this and then saw that you shouted out OC? No, it was on Twitter. Oh, oh, I, like, okay, okay. My OC love tweets. Oh, I see, I see. Brian responded and added Alex and said I was cheating on him, so. Yeah. Kind of Classic Brian. Yeah. The rat. All right, Pranova, what's your, what's your shout out? <laughs> I'll shout out that Vu and I are doing Elo Heaven tomorrow with Tea Time. You can check that out at twitch.tv forward slash semi Pronogo. Dude, that's going to be a lot of. There's going to be a lot of salt in there. There's going to be a lot of. Uh, I'm, I'm interested in that one. I'm going to. I'll okay. watch that one. Okay. Yeah. Good, good to know. We got the. No, I we we might have to reschedule it. Oh. <laughs> oh, okay. Hey, I think after the. Uh... This is news to Pranog. Yeah. <laughs> oh. Yes, I got to go to sleep soon. Um. I have Prack at 1 a.m. Clean nice. up. Shout out so to shout like, out, shout out out my sleep. All right, I'll shout out. I'll shout out quickly. Then, uh, just, just follow follow me on everything. Uh, Twitch is probably what I'm going to be doing for the next week or so. Maybe I'll be at some events, but they're kind of up in the air right now. So I'm not not really sure. But just. More fast Again, food tier lists coming your way at twitch.tv slash moist. I'm doing it. Oh, you know what? I am going to do one. I'm going to do a gloves tier list. I'm going to do a gloves tier list. So I'll do that. I'm going to actually do that. I think with my girlfriend, we're going to just like, she'll just hop on. You won't see her, but she'll, uh, she'll be there in voice. You can hear her. And then we're going to, yeah, you know, she goes to another school. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> no, but she, but like I, I asked her cause she just knows like design and stuff way better than I do. So I think she has some good, more objective takes. Whereas I'm going to be like, the vice gloves are expensive. I like them. You know, do a team just... logo tier list. <laughs> team logo tier list. Could do that too in the future. We'll see how it goes first. Yeah, we'll see. We're experiment. We're gonna experiment with that. So, yep, that's my shout out. So, if you're, uh, if you're one of our patrons. Make sure to ask a question if you that you, if you want it answered. Shout out to that. Shout out to that. All right, yeah, that's we, gonna hey, be we it. We shouted that out, and we got two questions this time. That worked from zero the previous time, so that is pretty good. I like that. It worked. You could, like it went from people just put, giving us money to people actually wanting something for their money. So make sure you get your money's worth. Submit your questions. All right. Follow everybody on Twitter. All right. Good night. Bye.